BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Has nothing to do with the episode. Yeah. But it's a big deal. I was January 19th. Born. <laughs> I was born and I continue to live. It is true. I will say we should probably thank Jean. She did all the heavy lifting. She did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was that texting day. with her today. and That's that's Ellie's mom. Yeah. And she was saying, oh, see, I'm going to cry. That's okay. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> We're here together, so... We're in the same place. Yeah. Um, so if need be, I can hug or, you know, or not hug. Uh, you don't have to be mad. <laughs> you know, it's just my first birthday without my dad. What would he usually do on your birthday? Just, Give you a call? No, not really. <laughs> Acknowledge it. You know, it's I'm their firstborn, and so it's hard for my mom, too. Yeah. Sorry. No, you don't have to say sorry. Stupid. Why are you saying stupid? There's a father that dies of pancreatic cancer in the story. I know. It's a rough one. Yeah. She was just saying how happy they were when I was born. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's weird to think that someone's not here anymore, you know? When you move away from your family, you just get used to the idea that they're doing whatever they do and wherever they are. And it's just weird to think that they're not doing those things anymore, you know? Sometimes it's nice just knowing they're around. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks, T. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. I said thing. Um, We're going to go gambling tomorrow. Yes, we are. Sorry if that's a trigger for anyone. Oh. Um, T, what's your limit? Am I going to be given an amount of money? Oh. (laughs) We will be funding your dinners, maybe some of your drinks. I don't know how we can. Well, if you're gambling, We've got a mortgage, so you can't be. Uh, But, yeah, probably not the gambling part. You need to have some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'd throw you a 50 or something. 
No. Well, happy birthday. Anyway. Thanks. I'm glad you're here to celebrate with us again. Again. It's so nice. Because that was just I'm a practice. I've been here a lot lately. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, Ellie came over to celebrate. We just hung out. But this is the official, all, official, official. All of January. Well, I think we didn't know if this month. one was going to happen. But yeah. Yeah. Here I am. Well, I am, I for one am very happy that you were born. Thanks, T. I'll be sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> Probably do pretty well. Yeah, not bad. Different voices. One thing I want to talk about with regard to this episode oh. is she kept using a word I don't think I've heard used before. I'm oh, I'm sure I've heard it before, but it was it tickled my ears. I liked it. Oh. Emergently. Oh yeah. Did you notice that? I did notice that and I was like, is that a word? That's not a word you hear very often. Yeah. Does that mean like um emergency urgent? I think yeah. Emergent. Yeah. I emergent. I thought, well she she knows her words. It's a great know. word. It's so concise. Oh wait, emergent properly means emerging and normally refers to events that are just beginning. Emergency is an adjective as well as a noun, so rather than writing emergent care, use the home. Ha- Homely. 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 Emergency care. <laughs> no, that was good. I I also noticed that, and it was a word that I hadn't used ever. Let's see. Was she using right. it right? Probably. Okay, yeah, I'm sure she I'm was. I'm sure. She knows more than us. She's a doctor. We always say we're not doctors. Right. We should trust the yeah. doctor finally. Yeah. She probably says it a lot. I, I feel, feel like, like she said it a few times, yeah. Oh, no. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 305, What If You Were Expected to Do No Harm? Now, this is just a working title. I think it's brilliant. I came up with it, but we're calling it a working title for now. I don't... Yeah, I thought it was, what if you had to treat your abuser? It's 305. It's 305, though, yeah. Yeah. A little synopsis. Our anonymous storyteller has an idyllic childhood until she finds out she was molested as a toddler. This reveal substantially informs her teen years. She does become sexually active, but finds it fun and empowering. One terrible afternoon when she's 16, her world is shattered when a fellow student and trusted friend rapes her in her own bed. She tells one ex-boyfriend who seems to assign the blame to her. She decides to tell no one else. After losing her father to cancer, it is revealed to her that she's the product of sperm donor. She's determined to become a doctor, but early in her college education, she becomes pregnant and puts her career dream on hold to raise her new son. Her life is stable after marrying her wife and having a daughter via sperm daughter. (laughs) And having a daughter via sperm donor. While working in the hospital at night, the name of a rapist shows up on the board. Seeing his name only sends her into a panic attack and turns her whole world upside down. She knows she must finally deal with this trauma from years ago. Her wife encourages therapy and through EMDR, she is able to forgive her rapist and move forward with her medical career, knowing she can treat whomever walks through the hospital doors. Uh, And full disclosure, I'm the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to wit for the final interview. A T knows nothing about anything. She comes up fresh. And this show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. That's Trauma Bonded. 
see what stuck out to you as the heart of our anonymous doctor story, which I don't know if she's actually a full-fledged doctor yet, but that's just what I'm choosing to call her. So for the heart of the story, I was thinking it could be really put into one word. And I went with the word echoes. Ellie's making a face of me. I don't know why. I'm excited. Because you're so artful in your hearts. Oh, thank you. That's nice. I think about it a lot. But echoes. Go on. The word echoes, I feel like it could it, it could be for others as well. But for this one particularly, there's like echoes of trauma. We talk about generational trauma. And these echoes, I feel like they get stronger and stronger. And it just keeps reverberating and amplifies and starts to come to the surface. Mm. Like a lesson that you learn, like really learned or a truth that you really get, it keeps coming back. Yeah, keeps coming back. Just the way the th- uh, thing that you might ignore or try to push right, down exactly. is going to keep coming exactly. back. Exactly, like secrets, right? Yeah. Like you're triggered by these things, let's say, like that happened years ago. You get it, like a hint of it and it just comes back and it's been there. She kind of describes it that way. Well, yeah. Even with these secrets with her father, you know, not being her biological father, and then also with his first wife, with those kids not being their biological father as well, these secrets seem to come to the surface eventually. They need to, they have to for some reason. And the secrets you keep, they also come to the surface. And you hold them, she was saying, you know, you hold them in your body. Yeah. There's really like an emotional weight to that. It's almost inescapable. I was also thinking about echoes of like parenting, like your own experiences and your memories. As a parent, I'm always thinking about how I was raised and how these like echoes of things that I went through and just always trying to do better and through what I was like learning. um, It's good. Kind of learning and trying to do better through these echoes of your past. And there's like an echocardiogram. Echocardiogram, I was also thinking. Yeah, very good. Very good. I, you know, there, I wanted there to be echoes. some sort of medical connection there. But yeah, uh, that is, yeah, echocardiogram, which is a heart. It's a heart yeah. test. Um, yeah. So, yeah, echoes. It's good. Thank you. Well, a wise dancing nurse named Elizabeth once said, secret secrets are no fun. Secrets, secrets hurt someone. That's for all my office, the Office fans out there. Oh, <laughs> you watch the Office, the American one? I've seen like, several episodes. This is from it. the Ben Franklin episode, oh, okay. which is a really quality episode, season three, episode fifteen. Uh, it's called like Dunderpedia or something. I agree with what you said. For people that know the episode or know the show really well. I mean, this is a really popular episode. It's, uh, they're having a, a, a bachelorette party for Bob Vance, of Vance Refrigeration, and they order a dancing girl named Elizabeth who comes dressed as a nurse. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole episode, but basically that's something that she say. So she says, she, so, so the, she drops this wisdom on Michael. Yeah, say it again. And he's like, man. That nurse is really smart. Um, Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. I mean, this... this, It's a bit disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Dude, that's happening. Th- this this is full of secrecy. This episode oh, it's and all this about family. Secrets. Yeah, I mean, and and what's remarkable about that is I feel like most family stories are full of secrets. Full. I still don't know. Yeah, way of tons of things with my family. There's just mysteries. Yeah, like we don't talk to them. I'm like, but what? Why? It's like, no, it has. It was a money thing like okay right yeah something weird and it's about it's and she talks a lot about it being sort of about appearances you want to appear to your neighbors your co-workers your priest whoever it is that you got Mm -hmm. all together and nothing bad ever happens you don't do anything wrong but we keep we keep these secrets as a way to protect ourselves and um even or even just pragmatical issues, pragmatical, <laughs> pragmatic <Emergent>. issues. <laughs> like she didn't want her dad didn't want her, his daughters to know that they were the product of a sperm donor because he, he knew that if there was a conflict, they could say, yeah. well, you're not my real dad. And that's kind of really wise <laughs> to think that yeah. far ahead. You know, um, it made me think of it made me think a lot of sort of the secrets that has ha- that are have happened in my family as far as like not expressing how you really feel about a situation but just going along with it to m- maintain the peace and like one specifically is you know after i got divorced and i talked to my dad about it and i you know i was like dad why why did you let me get married and he's like because I knew you're gonna do it anyway and then I didn't want there to be this thing between us that you knew I didn't like him so it's like sometimes there's wisdom involved so he didn't like him he didn't no (laughs) he he didn't think that that we should get married and he was absolutely right um and sidebar you know I was I, I realized that now that my dad is gone I can't ask him his true feelings about so many things in my life. And I really want to know. So I actually made a list of questions. I want to ask my mom about what his feelings were about things. And I haven't broached the issue yet with her. I don't know if I should do it in person because I know they talked about everything. And I just want to be like, what did he really think about this? What did he yeah. really think about that? What did you guys, when you guys talked about this, what did you say to each other about this? What did, like, I really yeah. want to know. And what is that? Why, yeah. why do we want to know? Is it to discover something about ourselves? To discover something about them? Like, why do I give a fuck about how my dad felt about something in 1998? <laughs> That's over. That's past, you know? Of course you want to know. It's strange, though. Is it just, like, the seeking of, like, wanting to turn over every stone or is it just to have a deeper to wanting to have a deeper a deeper closeness to someone it's like when there's secrets between you it feels like you're farther apart right yeah fewer secrets you have the closer you you feel to someone maybe i actually don't know it'd be nice to know is like real genuine feelings about yeah you probably hid them to protect you totally and to protect protect our relationship. relationship yeah yeah yeah, I wonder, and I think it's a beautiful thing if you were to ask your mom, but I also think and wonder if she would also say things to protect your relationship. I don't think she would. Oh, okay. I feel like us going through him 
dying this summer, I think it like really ripped open yeah. so much in our family. You know, that's a really intense thing to do with with someone. And it feels like it like that it feels like that was such a terrible thing to happen to lose him. So it's almost like what what else do we have to lose? Like might as well put it out on let's the table. Put, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's something I don't like, we can just blame the dead. Isn't you know? that nice? <laughs> dad's fault. Yeah. I always wondered what. Yeah, you know, my went. mom might feel that way, but she was like, "Well, that's what your dad thought." Hmm. But it's scary to think, like, yeah, I don't know. I want, I want to know, I want to know everything before it can't be known, and I don't know why I want to know it. I want to know it. My dad died twenty years. No, I think it was oh six, like 18, 18 years, seventeen. But yeah, I I do want to know those things. At this point, though, it's kind of too late. I don't think they shared stuff as much between them, my mom and dad. And then my mom's, like, kind of not remembering as much. Yeah. So there's all these mysteries that I just, like, drop. Yeah. Like, why didn't he talk to my cousins? Why did we have such an estranged relationship with him? What happened with his kids? before well i think your mom she does feel so much shame around that stuff because it isn't it doesn't hold up scrutiny of appearances oh yeah especially like religiously speaking so even if you were begging her to tell you the brutal honest truth i don't know that she could like say words out loud i think it would be hard for her to say truths hard truths out loud yeah, I think I may have tried when I was younger, but it was pretty clear I shouldn't be asking these questions. So I have no idea. Wow, it's deep. So she f- kind of finds out that she's been molested as a toddler by family that they don't talk to anymore. She finds out when she's, what, she said seven or eight, maybe. Do you think that this, mm-hmm. I, I said in the synopsis that d- this does inform her sexuality, do you think that it does? Oh, wow. Did you say that? Yeah. That's interesting because... Um, she doesn't say that expressly, but, but I kind of put... I, I said it. The molestation when she was a toddler? The real is... She doesn't remember that event, but I think her being told about it, it does... Ha- it, there's something that I think sets off in her, maybe... And maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor. It's almost like... She has this like openness to sexual experiences because, in some way, like she feels like she's already been. Oh, damaged. that's a hard one. That's tricky. That's yeah. tricky. Oh, I but think, she yeah. she paints it as it's fun. It feels good. There, she feels empowered by it. You know, this is how she gets yeah. this bad reputation in high school. That she she really owns it, but. Do you think that that's related to her, the discovery of finding out what happened to her before she could so have like real memory? how sexual is she is or yeah. how, what her sexuality? No, how sexual she is. Oh, okay. Like her promiscuity. Yeah. Well, I know you weren't talking about sexuality, but I just want to throw out there. Well, I'm sure we'll, we will talk a lot about sexuality. I'm going to throw it Oh, we're now. going. Okay, go. Just because a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Go. Right. Say. Will think... Or do you think that maybe you end up being gay or bisexual or anything in between because you've been molested? Yeah. 
A lot of people think that. Yes. Lots. Lots. I will say. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I wasn't molested. Yeah. Not to. Brag. I'm just saying. Not, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. Did you say brag? My God. No, I'm not. I'm just using it as a way. A point of reference. A point of reference just to say, I think I've I've been gay since I was maybe born, I'm thinking. Yeah. It's a big mystery. Born that way. Yeah, Yeah. I think I was born that way. People are always wondering. I mean, really, maybe all of us are on, you know, kind of a spectrum of that. But, um, yeah, never molested, never any kind of weirdness in a sexual way um that i know of and turn out gamo yeah so i just I, I am an example of someone who wasn't touched still wasn't gay. touched still gay so um, that's a data point i think we should throw out there guys agreed well you know how uh, being assaulted and harmed as a child that way it doesn't necessarily inform your sexuality mm-hmm but it could inform lots of things in your life. It could. Lots and lots of things. Right. We, you just yeah. don't know what it might do. Mm-hmm. The point is it's not normal. It's not natural. It's harmful. Mm-hmm. And so, and if, if kids aren't given proper care and, and guidance to maybe get through it, then they might express it in a, some way. And sometimes it's they talk they touch others, you know. That's right, something right. that's talked about, but it doesn't necessarily. It's not a hundred percent. Well, they're definitely going to be gay now, or they're definitely yeah. going to molest others now. Like you don't know how it's going to uh, show up in, in someone later on down the road. And the way that she's like empowered sexually, is there a connection there? It's um, maybe it's like to her, it's taking back her body, yeah, knowing that knowing it was. It taken from her as a child and she's taken it back would she have been that way you think if she didn't find out it's hard to know it's really hard to know because it sounds like because her parents were constantly maybe trying to make it up to her for like letting her be put in that situation you know she says they they sort of have this idyllic childhood where they weren't put in boxes and they were sort of run amok and like able to make their own decisions and so who knows how these there was no religion that I know of that'll yeah that'll that can fuck you can fuck I feel you like that's up. what fucked me yeah I mean why was I so promiscuous in my 30s I don't know oh. but probably religion we need to talk about that <laughs> um but at any you know at any rate she's in high school she gets this reputation as a slut which is unfortunate because yeah. she really it's I thought it was a good thing she's like hey this is me this is good yeah I'm empowered I own it yeah. You know, I'm not just going to run around having sex with everybody. But yeah, did if you I have, feel in love with someone, I will. Did you have it. sluts in high school? If I put a gun to your head and said, name the sluttiest slut slut in high school, wow. could, could you do it? Sluttiest slut slut? I wouldn't use that word. Do you have one in your brain? I don't think I do. You had a really small high like school. Like in high school? There was no one girl that had a, like a bad reputation. I Actually, no. In my high school, it was the swim team, male, the male and the female. They all were fucking each other and all sluts. Oh. And I remember, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
really going for it. Sex is so scary know, to me in high school. It was so scary to me. And I remember it's and we'd stand in the hallway and we'd see the swim teams well, walk by. And they're like slutty slut sluts are sick. Sluts, fucking sluts. <laughs> I didn't have that. Why well, like twenty Wait, no. What did I have? I like 600 people in my graduating class. Okay. And you have like I had six. Like 80. <laughs> they couldn't all be sluts. I was bound to. We had a to. swim team, but I didn't call them all sluts. They were fucking each were. other. Did what you have a male they? and a female? They're all shaving. Yeah, they're shaving together. <laughs> they're having big shave parties. <laughs> they're always in like a bathing suit or topless. <laughs> Why are they topless? The men. Oh, the men. They're little little tiny speedos oh my with their God. packages pronounced. <laughs> Sounds like you're a bit jealous, Maura. I was a bit jealous. <laughs> you were ready to be one of those. I did like I swim I gotta swim more. <laughs> Can I join the swim team, Mom? <laughs> oh, let's talk about gay trajectory. Oh fun. <laughs> I thought we just did that. No, we didn't. Oh, what are you talking about? With regard to the storyteller, her, okay. her gay trajectory. Okay, cool. So I think it's interesting when she was 12 and found out bi is a thing, she definitely decided she was bi, mm-hmm. which I think um, is amazing. At uh, 12? Yeah. I did that at 19. When you were t- when you found out bi could be a thing? Or like I that knew, was your tip, like was my your little steps gateway. into, Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't feel like you could fully admit full gay. Well, it was confusing. Full gay mo. It was very confusing. You were confused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you were the only gay you knew? No, I knew a lot of gays. But you I were confused thought... about your being gay. Yeah. Even though you kind of knew from, like, pretty early. Yeah. yeah. But I transitioned to Is it confusion bisexual. or is it more fear of Probably being fear. your yeah, authentic right. self? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. that probably. Acceptance yeah. and hell. Hell. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't care about hell. I didn't believe in hell. Well, believe for you. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Good, goody, good, good for you. It's one of those things like I like. Braggy. <laughs> so braggy today. I didn't escape hell till I was like 39. Oh my God, still. You're a little bit still. <laughs> I am a little bit You're afraid. A little still. I just watched Ghost again recently. When's the last time we watched Ghost? Oh my gosh. Long time. It's so good. And the scenes when like the evildoers are being like pulled away to hell by the shadows oh, and they gosh. make this like really terrible it's noise. A screech. Yeah, it's a yeah. terrible screech. I was like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> but- That's what you picture? No, it's just like if that were a real possibility, we should all be very afraid of that. Oh yeah, but I don't. It's not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally believe it's not. No, I'm like hundred percent. Oh, you hundred percent. Hundo. Okay. Full hundo. Ninety nine. <laughs> well, I don't know everything. Do yeah, I? we don't know everything. Um, <clears throat> it's not. So this feels like a natural trajectory, though. She's by at twelve. Mm-hmm. She gives men a go for some years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they consistently let her down, is my feeling, and infuriate her in a lot of ways. And then finally she marries a woman. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a normal um, route what is normal? to lesbianism? <laughs> I mean, what is normal at this point? And there's, like, generational things, right? 
because I feel like there's a big, you go here, yeah. there, and everywhere, probably in like older generations when it was really not accepted. I mean, nowadays, I feel like everyone's bi. Yeah, people are I just touching private parts. And it's fine. And everyone's all the genders. I don't know. But if you were going to say, quote, unquote, normal, uh, again, I'll just, from my own experience is, I think deep down inside, I thought that I was probably gay from when I was like five. Yeah. But you just, I think like our storyteller, you just like, just, just throw that down deep, deep. That goes deep and it can go deep. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so little baby steps toward. Yeah. Yeah. So we were supposed to like dudes. So that makes sense. And objectively. You're like, like, I'm going to try dudes. Dude, dudes. You can see if their dudes are attractive and you get it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, but I, I get it. But for but I, I don't want you inside me. Yeah, I don't want you inside me. I don't want you touching my body. No touching. I don't want you kissing my mouth. Yeah. But we can, like, <laughs> chit-chat and have, like, the best time. Right. Like, the best time. Like, I can love a dude because we're, like, having a nice time fully clothed and <laughs> at least six feet away from each other, you know? And that's how I like to date. And then if it gets closer than that, the first time I kissed a dude when I was 17... Magic. I almost threw up. I mean, so did I. I went home and I I gargled with orange <laughs> juice. We didn't have mouthwash. And I was like, so it was so disgusting. Was it tongue? Yeah, it was like tongue. And you can still taste the tongue it's in your so mouth gross. after. No, I had the same I was experience. like, maybe he's just gross. No, I think it's just, it's a foreign act. A foreign object <laughs> in there. Someone else's. It's really gross. It's really terrible when you think about it. I think, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to make a statement. I think any woman that spent any time dating men, if she could handle a vagina, she would absolutely switch. No. (laughs) So many women have had so many terrible experiences of dudes. And I love our dude fans, our straight dude fans. Oh, for sure. And I love my man. Of course you do. But if I'm just saying so many women have had really terrible experiences with men, if they could be gay, they probably would choose to be. And this isn't like a mind break, uh, groundbreaking idea. I think a lot of people will jokingly say like, man, I wish I could, I could be a lesbian, like being a lesbian would be so much easier than having to deal with. And it's it's just, I mean, I don't know what's going on in there, but like just women understand women more. And I, and it's like a men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. And when you like completely are missing each other, like in heterosexual relationships, but you like, your girlfriends seem to get you for some reason, yeah. <laughs> like get me all day long. Right. It's like, man, I wish I could, I wish I was attracted to that. You know, yeah. I would yeah. take it in a minute. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with all that. And it kind of works out when you are attracted to, then it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, lesbians for sure. move in on the second date. We're like, Oh my God, I'm, I've been seen. Someone yeah. sees me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're hot. Yeah. So let's just do this. Um, I don't know. Can I say all that? Is that, I don't know. <laughs> have we not earned our spots to talk in these frank so. ways i think so yeah 
And it's nice because I've been we're a, different. We I've been around ways. the block. You've been around the block. Mm-hmm. I think we've earned we're different ways. opinions. We can talk freely, of yes. course. In all love and we're acceptance. We're not trying to offend. Of course not. We're really talking about our own experience. Exactly. So what was the question? Um, Is that like a normal gay trajectory? Oh. <clears throat> In my generation, I think it is. Mm. Right? Because it's like, and I don't know. For me, it was like you, you get, I mean, all these signs that you're supposed to be straight. And yeah. then you just... Then you start going towards the gay thing, and they're like, "No, it's wrong, it's wrong." But then you have to still like test it out. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> sperm donors. Oh my God, the connections there. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of the story. Um, she doesn't seem to react too terribly to finding out that her father is not her actual father. It's almost like a relief. Almost yeah. Like a, it, make, it makes perfect sense. And it doesn't seem to harm her connection to him. No, she still feels that connection. Yeah. Which I think is wonderful. I mean, that goes to show, oh, like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean biology to, to yeah. I mean, this is not, Yeah. Um, I'm not saying anything novel, but um, I, wh- what do you think about her father insisting that that be kept from her until he dies? I had a lot of feelings. Go on. Well, our kids are, you know, products of sperm donation as well. We spent a lot of time with our firstborn letting him know what that all meant. And we accidentally didn't share as much with our younger twins. They continued to now call me daddy, which I did try. I, I really did try to get them to call me mama, like... Our firstborn. And it really, it started with our firstborn. He really, he started asking, like, why don't I have a dad? Valid. And we got to talking about it. We told him everything about sperm, egg, sperm donation, donor versus father, um, and what our stories were. There. They watch a, well, content for kids is very heteronormative. It is, yeah. So, but there's some good books out there. You, you almost, but yeah. like thinking about like a Netflix show or whatever. There's like always, it's yeah. always mommy, daddy, grandma, yeah. grandpa. Yeah. It's really hard to avoid it almost. Yeah. So of course, you know they're gonna ingest this content and wonder why it's not reflected in oh, their own. Yeah. You know? And it makes sense. So it, it was good with our firstborn. Was like, yeah, let's tell you what's up. And he's like, why don't I have a daddy? And I was like, okay. So we got to talking about it, told the whole story. There's a lot of good books out there. Um, do you want to recommend any? <clears throat> yeah, I do. And maybe we'll put that on something. Oh, we put it in the I show just, notes? Maybe in the show notes. I okay. I have them. I forget the names, but <clears throat> there's some, like, bear ones. One's called Zach Safari. There's a few. Okay. I'll, we'll, we'll list them out. But um, he got to questioning, and I was happy that he did that. And then... With the twins, I think we should start getting into it, but they haven't been questioning it as much because they refuse to call me mama and they only call me daddy after many, many attempts. Well, and we all reinforce that. We do. And I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But I think it's interesting that we call you daddy with female pronouns. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my (laughs) pronouns are she, her daddy. She, daddy. She, her daddy. Yeah. 
to yeah. your daddy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, lots of feelings around that, and you know, quote unquote, real dad things like that. What you know, when her dad basically with with his first wife and finding out that he wasn't their biological father, the kid's biological father. I found it really sad. Yeah. It seems like they didn't continue a relationship after the fact. That's what it seems like, yeah. But that doesn't see that seemed more because of the breakup. Didn't it seem more like it was she was hiding it from him? Oh yeah. It, it was like this yeah. with our storyteller her parents decided to do this and they they were both in on it whereas his previous marriage she wasn't getting preggers so yeah she went outside of the marriage it seemed like they were already having issues and they yeah but But they did have a relationship we don't we don't really know if he continued a relationship with them which was really sad yeah yeah because even though i don't have i don't share genetics with them yeah. I feel like I am their mom. You are. Or dad. Yeah, you are. And I see myself in them. Yeah, you are. So that's a big part. Well, and you, you <clears throat> chose a donor that had a bit of your... Oh, yeah, like uh, the Filipino yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I see myself Not too in much. them. I don't see myself in them in terms of look, except, you know, Rex and I look like twins because of the Filipino thing, I think. Hmm. But I think in personality-wise, they're all kind of hams. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a ham. What did you think about it when she said, um, you know, she's got the story of being from a sperm donor, and her daughter also has that yeah. sperm donor story. Yeah, it's a good connection. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. It's cool that she can, com- when she does explain that to her daughter, that there's this, like, point of commonality yeah. to make the daughter feel better about it. I do like that. Yeah. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. We don't have to get into this, but have you legally adopted the kids? Yes. Uh, We did some paperwork. I don't know. We did some paper extra. Okay. I'm on their birth certificate as a second parent, as another parent. Okay. And then we did, I forget, but there's other paperwork where you're their legal I'm guardian. Their legal guardian as well. It's just it's scary. It's very scary. Because right now everything's monkey dory in California. Yeah, yeah. And if something happened to Gwen and the wrong people got in power, yeah, you know, you want to make sure that's locked down tight. It's uh, not the best system where like we did the paperwork and they're like, oh yeah, you'll never get like uh, confirmation. But it's there or something. I got to figure it out. But we did that years ago. Yeah. With all the kids. And you got the receipts, too. Like, you paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You bought it. I mean, we bought a lot of things. So, they're mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it, like, possession 90% of the law? Well, let's face it. I mean, the, the hope is no one, there's no one that would fight you for Sometimes, custody. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. We'll be fine there, but... It's interesting. There's like weird things with, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that know more about this, but um, sometimes possession is more powerful than genetics. Mm. And um, by possession, I mean like if you birth the children, let's say, even though it shares the genetics with another parent, the person who birthed them can be more of the soul. Yeah. The courts Um, tend to side with the mom more. 
Is that what you mean? With the birth birthing parent. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. It depends. Because of attachment? <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know why. But sometimes, even if the genetics aren't shared with the birthing parent. Yeah. The, gene- the genetics will lose out. Interesting. The birthing parent. I think what's scary, the most scary, is that even if you've got all your ducks in a row, and God forbid something did happen to Gwen, mm-hmm. and someone was in power that was trying to get rid of gay people. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Which is Even if you were, they were, by all accounts, like in a healthy, happy household, it's just, it's t- it's terrible that you're going to be under more scrutiny yeah. than maybe some other hetero asshole yeah. that doesn't take as good of care as yeah. their kids just because of biology. Yeah. Well, God forbid anything yeah. happens to Gwen because yeah. we all go down. Oh, we're all going down. All, you're going down too. I, I won't make it. <laughs> no Gwen. one's going to make it. But I have a pretty good relationship with our fam. Yeah. I think they know. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to take care of these little devils? Yeah. They're like, no. take them for sure if there's anything weird. Who's lined up to take them if something happens to you both? Is it? We don't have anyone. Oh, might want to put that in place. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm, I'm, put, I'm, I'm volunteering. Oh, are you volunteering? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean. I thought you didn't want kids. I would, I would take care of you your kids. kids. Of course I would. Oh my of God. course I would. That's going to make me cry. I know. Well, I mean, you've probably got closer family than me. Like, you know, Gwen has sisters and stuff. But, like, they're You're not going to raise them the way you want them raised. And you are? Of course. Love that. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Wow. No, it would be a good, like, cute movie. Let's talk about... Okay, let's talk about her. Do we need to talk about her father dying of cancer? I think so. Okay. Right? I mean, we talked a lot about her father. I don't know that we need to harp on the metastasized pancreatic cancer bit. That's what my dad had. I know. Did she want to talk about that? No, I'm over crying about that. But something she points out that has been said to us also is that it is a diagnosis that goes very, very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I landed on June 9th and he was dead by June 29th. Like, I'm so glad you went. Me too. I owe that to you. No, you would have done it. I didn't know. I, you know, that was still at a point too where they're like, we saw all this shit on a scan, but we really want to do a biopsy to be sure, you know. Um, and everyone was in denial, basically. Yeah. And we weren't being... No one was talking to us straight. But I feel like if I hadn't been here when I got that news, I don't I don't know that I would have gone so quickly, T. Like, it was just like the way you and Gwen were both in my face, like, you got to go. You got to go right now. I was like, oh, like, I feel like it didn't make yeah. a difference. So well, good. I'll well, always I'm be glad. thankful for that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like I was meant to be here when I got that news. I think so. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. Two days away from him dying, we still had yeah. clued in. Yeah. He's just laying there, you know. Hanging out. Nothing. Is, there... is this, is it going to get better? Yeah. Well, I always have hope, but I'm glad It's just here. like, it's uh, it's unpracticed when you're there. It's just, you're just not practiced. You don't know what the fuck. This doesn't happen every day. No one, yeah, no one's telling you what's yeah. up. They're trying to cover their asses at the hospital, and they're talking in code to you, and finally you got to read between the lines and go, oh, you're telling me to take him to hospice 
And then we did, and he died 12 hours later. Anyway, I don't want to talk about my dead dad anymore. Um, But I will say this, and I'm not knocking anyone that's gone through cancer and, like, survived it and, like, goes on, like, 5K runs and stuff to stop it or, like, wears the ribbons at football games. But my dad would not have done well in cancer culture. So... (laughs) And he and I talked about oh, this yeah. when we first went to the oncologist. My mom was doing something and we were we were sitting there waiting and he's like, I don't want to be in cancer culture. And I was like, I don't really want to be a part of cancer culture either. And we kind of had a laugh about it. And then, and then he died like two and a half weeks later. So well, good for him. It, there is some beauty. There's there's uh, there is a gift when when the sick don't linger, I think it's yeah. hugely difficult to have to take care of someone like that. And and some people can linger for months or years yeah, or yeah. fight it for years and like are constantly in and out of the hospital. I mean, and and people don't talk enough about how difficult it is to be a caregiver, especially when you're not a hired one. You're just a familial one and it just falls to you like it is extremely difficult difficult and i her saying you know he didn't he he went quickly like it is a gift she's right it absolutely is a gift yeah (sighs) but strong connection there and you know there's a big part i think with her really feeling like she owes her dad after he was so proud of her like working at the hospital yeah that was a big that that really resonated with me, like knowing how much she was like proud of her and her potential future. It made me think about my dad a lot. Yeah. And like how he was very proud of me as well, even knowing at that point when he passed, I was at the Cheesecake Factory, you know. But you were really good at that. I was really good, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought. And well, if he could um, see you now. Yeah. He does. He does see you now. He is yeah. proud of you. Yeah. And I I think I had just gotten hired in the career that I am now. Yeah. Um, when, you know, he passed just shortly after. So we did get so to know about knew. it. He knew, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was nice. Let's talk about the thing we haven't talked about yet. Okay. And I feel like this is going to be well, the last thing. We have to thing. talk about that. We, we have, have to. Talk. to. We have to talk Why about are it. we avoid? Like, this is the biggest thing. Yeah. She was raped at 16. Um Hard R, sorry. Um, yeah, she couldn't say the word for a long time. Right. Happened in her own bed, so she wouldn't have to explain bruises from a cold tile floor. Mm-hmm. It felt like he expected it from her because of her reputation. And then it feels like when she did say to her ex-boyfriend what had happened, that he almost... What am I supposed to do? It's like... yeah. And a point that stuck out to me a lot was when he, when she kicked, she had to drive him home after. Yeah. And he kicks her, she kicks him out of the car and he's puzzled. He doesn't get it. He's hurt. Yeah. Like all of a sudden she has to make him feel better. Yeah. Because he feels heartbroken or something. It's such a mind fuck. What, what do you, like, let's suppose for, like, what do you think he was thinking? Can we try to get into his mind for a second? 
16 year old kid. But I, 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 I can't, yeah. it's so hard to like, like when someone's telling you no. Yeah. And, and try, and, and maybe it's a little bit at times that there's no, and then there's like, let's not do this right now. Let's, there's some of those like pushing away yeah. moments where it's like, take the subtleties even and realize you should not be doing this. Yeah. Like, why do you think that he was hurt when she booted him out of the car? What do you think? He, He's insane. What do you think he I thought think, he did? Did he th- Do you think that he like thought he had a romantic encounter with her? That's what I'm saying. Maybe he was convinced that was it, despite all of the obvious signs that he shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah. Which is why I'm thinking, I mean, he did it again. Do you He's, think this was a defining moment in his life? Sorry. Yeah. I mean. And I'm not trying to blame her, but like if, if this started a trajectory for him of like, I can get away with doing that. I can get my dick wet with, by using power and coercion. I see women as a means to an end. I can, and because I've gotten away with it, I can continue to act like this. Like, was this like a fork in the road moment for him? And is she to blame for not? Of course she's not. I'm just, I'm speaking. Right. Look at me like that. I know. If, if she had said, reported it, if even there had been an investigation where it was kind of reinforced to him that what he did was not okay, whether he was actually punished for it or not, but could that have changed the whole trajectory of his life? Probably. That's. I mean, that's a... That's scary. That's scary. And so Because sad. like she said, too, like, there are probably... He's probably done it before, and it's been unreported, you know? Yeah. How much of that... Again, this is the secrecy yeah. element, right? It comes back. She wanted to tell, but immediately... Ugh, the ex-boyfriend did that. She smacked down when she even enters that... And she's been taught to kind of bury it, it, bury it. And, and, and to, to tell yourself, to console yourself with maybe that's not what happened. Right. And then that's the, that's how the story becomes in your mind. Maybe it's my fault or something. Yeah. Because of the reputation and. Yeah. So I'm just going to be in survival mode and get away from it. I know. She's 16. I know. I know. That kind of responsibility. I'm not blaming her at all. Especially when she already said it to someone else and got shot down. I know. There's no way. Oh, it's like one of those things, though, you look back and you could see how it would like start this downward spiral for both of them. Yeah. Let's talk about when she's in the hospital. Now, mind you. And I don't know, uh, just so this is clear, I don't know if it was clear in the episode. She never sees him. Yeah. She never treats him. Just sees his she name. She just sees his name flash across this board. It's, That's yeah. what does it. And it completely derails her. And she's got, she's to do, she's going through so many feelings. So many feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, she's reassured. Well, when she reads his rap sheet, she's reassured that it, this thing that did happen to her actually did happen to yeah. her and it wasn't something she made up in her head. So there's a relief that comes, but, but she feels the shame and regret of letting it happen to someone else. 
and maybe more than one person. And and then she's also sad for him and what his life has turned out to be. He's transient. Mm-hmm. He's addicted. He's unhoused. Um, and she's wondering, did she contribute to that? Right? Yeah. And, and but then she's also angry that he basically made this hospital, this dream of hers, this dream of her father's where she would have her career. She's made that hospital now untenable grounds. She cannot exist there anymore because she could see his name or his face or have to do his blood or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) so many things. Yeah, It's so incredibly heavy. And then all of that comes back. All of that's out in the forefront. Well, she's been trying to bury it for years and years and years. So she hangs out a little bit, but then she quits. I mean, I can't even imagine. No. What I remember At doing... At any moment, he could come back. Exactly. Yeah. When I did the pre-interview with her, um, a topic, a part of it that we talked about for a long time was me trying to wrap my mind around the conflict of interest at hand because let's say she did actually get to a point where she had to provide treatment or little whatever she does um and let's say something happened to him and now there's a lawsuit is that something that could be thrown into the mix of and whether she did no harm or intentionally or not but it but if it came yeah. back on her, and then this was revealed. Is that something that could be held against her? And and she talks about it herself. Like, people do work in hospitals that have been victims of sexual assaults, and they probably are having to treat their assailants. Their actual? I'm sure this happens. But what about that conflict of interest? Like, can they not? Then she when when we talked about it, she talked about if it got to the point where she actually would be doing some sort of thing yeah. that could affect his body, she probably probably would have had to divulge to like a okay. supervisor Good. that she couldn't be a part of yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know? Okay. But but that would have taken that would have had to take a big moment of courage for her to devolve something yeah. like that to but really just a coworker. Accepting it. But I wonder what they talk about in training. And I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but like in training there has to be some um protocols, right? There must be. There must be. Well the whole conflict of interest, you know that um that riddle. Like I can't, I can't treat this person because he's my son. Oh, <laughs> that's the conflict. Yeah, interesting. The doctor was his mother. <gasps> what? All right, sexist. That's funny because that's also from the office. Right oh. again. Well, it's Wait, in the yeah. office, not from the office. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Again, not not doctors, but maybe the doctors that are listening. You wouldn't have to treat them, right? If you were able to divulge. But if it's a if you're an if you're an emergency doctor, emergency room doctor, you where to. you're constantly doing just triage, especially yeah. maybe if it's in like we're in a, like a war yeah. situation, yeah, or or it. there's like a tropical storm and there's this big influx of people, yeah, and you're just like seeing oh there's my rapist he's here like what your first ethical right thing is do no harm 
There's an oath. There's an oath. And there, that's there for a reason. And it's, it, it's, it's meant to be like very absolute and principled. Yeah. But I know hospitals are also really worried about liability issues. So you yeah. might need to remove yourself in case something does go bad, or maybe your mind is elsewhere because you're like feeling feelings yeah. and you can't do your best work. I'm sure you'd have to. It's like it. when you're like treating like serial killers or something Yeah, and, and you have to try to save them and you're like, should I, or yeah, all I gotta this, do is push I this could button. Not let's take this vial. Literally murders. Yeah, I can never work. I can never do that. <laughs> so glad. Thanks to everyone that does that. Yes. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places or reach out on Instagram. And thanks to Anonymous Doctor for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and Andrew Waits and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Tromboli. And thanks to Forrest Chiras for editing this episode and to Katie Capel for building those blasted Instagram posts. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial or visit our website at traumabondedpod.com. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you, T. Love you, Ellie. Trauma Bond.